Hello, hello. This is Selena here, your host with Aligning, Igniting, and Activating Your Life. And it is an absolute honor and an absolute privilege to have you here listening to this podcast today. Enjoy. All right, ladies, today we are going to shift a little bit. We're going to shift some gears here. And I want to talk on something that is super dear, near, and close to my heart, and that is mental health. And some of you know, some of you don't know, I am or was a nurse by trade. I still have my nursing license and everything, but I no longer work in a hospital, hospital type of setting or doing in-home care management or anything like that. My true lifeblood really is helping women to really align, ignite, and really activate their life again. You know, I feel like mental health is something that has had such a stigma on it over all of these years, and that is why there's so much just acceptance. I want you to think like, you know, how much acceptance or how many memes, right? Um, just really accepting the fact of people, you know, labeling themselves as high anxiety or, um, you know, ADHD or ADD or any of these different types of labels. And the more that you know me, the more that you listen to me, or the more that you work with me one-on-one, you're going to realize that I, I don't, I don't, you know, promote for anyone to accept a label upon themselves. You know, we are who we are and the experiences, the struggles, the things that we go through in our life have all happened for us or are happening for us for an opportunity to be able to heal, to transform, to change our lives, to change the generations ahead of us, to, you know, really live in this life the most amazing life that we can possibly live. And I know some of you may be listening to this right now and maybe you're in a dark season. Maybe you're in a space where you're in a super anxious space in your life. Maybe you're in a super depressed state in your life. Maybe you're at a space where you just don't even have hope. You don't know where to go. Like you feel like everything is against you. And I want you to know that and hear and trust that every bit of that is there for a purpose and for you to be able to make a choice for something different. And I want you to know that there is no shame. I want you to hear that again. There is no shame. There is no weakness. There is no that you are not enoughness for you to seek help, to find a therapist, find a coach. You know, that's when women come to me, they are amazed at the aspects that I work from both you know, angles of therapy, but also as a coach, all right? Also in the aspects of multiple different modalities, but also looking at the full entire body and what is going on, being able to help them with their nutrition, being able to help them with, you know, how they're moving also in their lives to put all of the pieces back together for them, not in some type of box space, but really taking into account their wholeness and what their body, what their soul, what their, you know, ego, what their inner child, you know, is really striving to come back into balance with for them to, again, remember who they are. I want you to think like so much of our lives, you know, and when I do a timeline session with somebody, it really becomes super clear to them, right? They're able to really start seeing where shifts and where they put on, you know, someone else's idea or someone else's notion or someone else's interpretation or someone else's perception or someone else's expectations of who they are, how they were there to show up, how they were to do things. And when we start unraveling these pieces, there is a over, almost overwhelming at times aspect of 
you know, how much really is removed or how much really falls off. I absolutely love whether I'm working with somebody in person, but you know, about 95% of the time I'm working with somebody over Zoom. But when I can literally physically see their shoulders finally relax, I can see their jaw finally relax, their forehead finally relax. This weight of the emotional weight that they've been carrying that has really been plaguing and really been stepping into and leading these quote, mental, you know, symptomologies or these mental health, you know, things that put them into the box then of this, these different labels of, of, um, quote, mental health disorders or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, when those things start to release, when those things start to shed away, when we really get to the roots of, you know, where those emotional pieces that yes, are, are there chemical imbalances? Yes. But where did that start? Where did that originate? What really led to that shift and change? How long has that been going on that then, you know, eventually the body became tired, eventually a certain organ or certain system in the body has been overloaded and been pegged out. And, you know, I want to take this and this is what I really want to talk about today is, you know, we, we talk about and we think about, you know, trauma and where things have originated and where things have really started from. And I don't feel that this has really been touched on. I don't feel that this has really been talked about. But the actual trauma that went clear back to years ago, how people were treated with quote, mental health symptoms and symptomologies, or they were diagnosed, you know, mentally ill or crazy or whatever, you know, the, the terminology that was used with those generations of the past that is trauma. That is trauma that is felt, that is trauma that is passed down, that is trauma that is put into the body. Those are deep emotions that are set into the body, whether it is the person that was, you know, a friend, or maybe it was a direct family member. Maybe it was a parent, it was a loved one to those individuals that were put into these quote, insane asylums that were put into these quote, mental health, you know, wards or sanctuaries, you know, a lot of these places, when you really start doing the research, and you really start looking at them, um, we're really like big experiment labs. Think of the fear. Think of the, you know, the scare. Ooh, it makes me teary to even think about these things. But the scary procedures that they were just trying to do on these individuals to fix them, right? Um, from, you know, literally taking a hook and shoving it up into their nasal cavity all the way up into their brain and pulling parts of their brains out to electromag, you know, electrocuting them, Um to, you know, different types of major sedative medications or um, toxic ingredients and things, you know, chaining people to beds, um, you know, depriving them of, of even just the simplest of, you know, being able to go and urinate or being able to go have a, a, a bowel movement, right? Except for where they were in their confines, being locked into rooms, being put into dark areas with or without padded walls, you know, think of the trauma that has, has rooted in that. And that is why I'm sharing these things. I know some of you, maybe that's hard to even hear, but that's a piece of you. That's a piece that has been, you know, passed down a trauma that has been passed down for generations, a trauma that has been passed down, you know, even if it was just somebody who has read or has known somebody or seen somebody to go and be sent to one of these places in the past, you know, I think it's very, 
interesting to see that a lot of these, I mean, it was like single one-way roads to get to these places out in the middle of fields and things, you know, um, almost like they were just dropped off, right? And people would talk about, you know, like these bridges that you would have to cross to get over to some of these institutions and how that was really like this, you know, kind of a passage of that person being in this life, like a present life to them being gone right? But they weren't really gone. They were still there in the physical form, but no longer being of the same mental capacity in the same mental space. You know, we talk about, you know, trauma in the past with individuals who have had past lives or have had past generational pieces of individuals that, you know, were quote, witches in the past. Um, those things are talked about, right? And yet we don't try, we don't talk enough. We don't think about, about the trauma that has been passed down and the emotional pieces that have been passed down in this regard in mental health. And I feel like that is where so much stigma, I feel like that is where so much judgment um, has been passed on people, you know, even, you know, speaking up or talking about it, really hiding it. You know, I think the suicide rates, people, instead of being, you know, in so much fear of something like that being done to them, right? Or being called crazy, being locked up, being taken away from their families, being separated. These There's so much fear around that, that some of these individuals then go and choose the aspects of suicide. And it's not just, again, it's not just what has been experienced in this lifetime. It's this past lineage and these past pieces that are still being carried moving forward. And so, you know, I feel like this is really a pinnacle time with everything that's went on since 2020. And, you know, the, the shift in, in just our culture, the shift in vibration, the shift in awakening, the shift in spirituality, the shift in remembrance of why some of us are here. And, you know, it, in mental health, um, the aspects, you know, of anxiety, the aspects of feeling depressed, the aspects of, you know, you know, suicide have been something that I have been very open about talking about. It's something that has been a deep passion of mine to share with other individuals because I never wanted other individuals to feel or be at the same moments that I was at at so many times throughout my life. And really looking back, knowing at age 15, 16 years of age was where a lot of those things started. And then it had escalated from 18 and then going into, you know, um, these careers. And a lot of times people will say, oh, but you were super successful. I'm going to tell you, most of us, we can put on the face, right? We've never really been taught. We've never been allowed. I was actually talking with a nurse the other day and she was talking about, I was sharing my, you know, with her about my passion of help of, you know, in at some point in time, before I pass to have a real true protocol, a real outlet, a real healing space that nurses or first responders are able to reach out and get the healing aspects, whether it's timeline or whether it's NLP, whether it's, you know, EMDR, some type of form of um, therapy for them or healing practice for them whenever they've went through a traumatic event. And, you know, she began to proceed to tell me about how, you know, well, you know, you just kind of get just get used to it, you just go and then you know, you go through these hard things, and then you just go about it. And, you know, just listening to her talk about, well, you know, you just don't really think about it, you try to just think of the good. And, you know, I, I feel like so many are still in that space. But now so many are starting to realize that that really is just what we have done for so many years is just shove it down, just ignore it. And, you know, she eventually then started talking about um, how she used to, in many ways, the way that they would cope, you know, they didn't have a 
outlet. They didn't have a debriefing. They didn't have anything like that. But all of them that worked together would just go out and drink and drinking became, you know, their numbing agent. And, you know, what if it was accepted to go and actually cry, right? To go and share your emotions and not feel that, you know, as she put it, you you had to just kind of tuck it back down and, you know, just think about the good and, and try to act like the bad wasn't there and that that didn't happen. And that's, you know, ultimately it's not just in, in, in that kind of space. It's in so much of our lives that this is how emotions have been, have been taught to be handled. Right. You know, and it's, it's nothing of, you know, our parents or our grandparents or the great grandparents before that, you know, this is what has really been patterned. It's what, you know, if one didn't know how to manage their own, you know, emotions, it's hard to help somebody else to be able to manage theirs, right? So when we've got broken, trying to lead someone else who's broken, and we don't know a resolution, or we don't know a different way to cope, we can't teach somebody a different way to cope. And so now we have individuals that are really here. And I feel like this is part of it is really being able to eradicate, really being able to help individuals to feel whole again, to eliminate part of these um, mental type of symptoms that really are a route to something deeper. It's a route to, you know, the inability to really be able to feel, to express, to understand, to move through our emotions, to be able to know how to release these deep feelings of trauma. And I'll tell you, trauma is not something that has to be traumatic in the sense, you know, of what we typically think, you know, that it has to be physical abuse or a car wreck or, um, watching somebody, you know, pass in, in a, um, in a traumatic type of a way, like trauma is anything where we have a deep rooted emotion towards something. And oftentimes in the healing work that I'm doing with someone working one-on-one or even in my group sessions, you know, we'll go back, I'll lead a, um, a, a, a walkthrough in their timeline to figure out where something originated from. And sometimes it's the smallest thing. It was literally, you know, having no fear jumping off of the back of a pickup truck. And then, you know, someone saying, oh my gosh, you're going to hurt yourself or you shouldn't do that or you can't fly something negative, right, to them or this shaming, who do you think you are? You think you can just jump off of that? You're going to get hurt off of it, right? And then they get hurt. And so then they have this fear, you know, of, of taking a leap. They have a fear of initiating or a fear of doing something. You know, maybe it was somebody, um, said, oh, you know, you, maybe it goes back to, they were thinking that they were a superhero, right? They were reenacting and playing, right? As a child. And someone said, oh, you're not Batman or you're not Wonder Woman or, you know, whatever that is, right? You're not strong enough or you're not pretty enough or you're, and, and, and maybe that person was joking, right? You know, and yet we took that, it hurt, it, it put a pain. It's something that, triggered a deep emotion and again remembering and understanding and learning to understand that sometimes the triggers that we have again are being triggered by things that were from generations that were passed on to us or from our own past lives or from our life in this this time frame so you know I feel like this is really where the shift is really beginning to, sh- to shift. I'm starting to really get, you know, excited in the way I'm super, super nerdy. I, I love the aspects of really being able to look at the effects of 
you know, someone's past, the trauma that they've carried, the emotions that they store in their bodies, um, whether that's sadness, whether that's grief, whether that's hurt, whether that's anger, or for me, it was rage that I carried for a long time. And, you know, those rage moments, I mean, literally I would be fine. And then it was like, oh my gosh, the spewing of things that would come out of my mouth. It was like, I talk like it was like, you know, the exorcist would come out and then I would feel awful afterward. And I'd look back and I'd say, oh my gosh, where did that even come from? Right. And there were deep things of my past and in past life and things that had been said to me over the years in this life that had originated and escalated to those pieces of rage. And that really ultimately I knew I needed help a little over three years ago when I finally reached out to a dear friend of mine. I said, who are you working with right now as far as a coach or fires, you know, um, something to help with self-development and self-growth. And she connected me with this amazing person that it was a group session thing, which I had never done before. And through that, I knew that these emotions were something that it was time for me to, it was time for me to dive into that. And I'll be real. I did have some stigma around that. I will never forget when I was 16 years of age and my mom loading us kids up in the car and my dad was going through a deep emotional mental health, um, experience of his own. And, you know, the conversation of that and him refusing to go in, you know, this fear and the stigma that was there looking at, you know, my family lineage and family history of multiple different types of mental and emotional breakdowns that had went on on um, you know, really both sides of, of my family. And knowing that I didn't want to see my kids struggling at the same rate and the same capacity that I had, you know, I hit it very well, when I would have a panic attack, you know, I'd take off and run to the bathroom. I, um, for as long as I could, I should say. And then it escalated, had escalated to that other point that I couldn't even hardly go and, and shop for my kids, you know, or my husband at the grocery store. Like I would start feeling the panic attack coming on. And, you know, later realizing that it was so much anger, it was so much rage, it was so much sadness, it was so much shame, it was so much guilt that I had carried around and I had embodied for so long because really, you know, don't cry. You know, how many, how many of you have ever heard that? Oh, don't cry. It'll just get better. Oh, in time, it'll go away, you know, and it, it, it doesn't like, I, I have to be real. It doesn't right. Yes. As far as in time, if you're working with the process of learning to heal, yes, it will happen over time, but there are actions, there's steps, there's, you know, understanding there's healing that has to take place along that journey as well. It's not something that we just sit there and we just hope and we pray and it just goes away, right? Those things are still part of our DNA. So, you know, I've used this analogy of the beach ball and, you know, these emotions eventually, it's like, think of going out into the deep end of a swimming pool and trying to hold a big, huge beach ball down underneath of the water. And you're just trying to hold that underneath of the water. And, you know, in time, you're a, either going to get tired or it's going to start getting slippery and that beach ball is going to come shooting up. And that's our emotions. That's our emotions, either in a little way or in a big way, that they start coming up when we become triggered. And a lot of times we don't even realize what has triggered us. A lot of times we don't even realize that we have been in these deep states of freeze where we just 
don't want to do anything. We can't get ourselves off the couch. We don't want to talk to anybody. We don't want to think about anything. We're just like numbed out when we're in this freeze mode because we have been in this, you know, deep, you know, sympathetic space of fight flight, you know, for so long that eventually we just get tired where we just numb out, right? And so really returning ourselves back to kind of that homeostasis and learning how to get our bodies back to that. But I'll be real. Most of you, like myself, have been in these states of anxiety. We've been in these states of fight, flight, and bouncing back down into freeze, right? You may go from bouts of anxiety and then down back to bouts of of, um, numbness or depression. And we've been on this seesaw for so long. Our body's been so tapped out. It's been so stressed. It's been so overloaded that... When we start to heal, when we start to let these emotions out, if we don't understand how to, you know, listen to the symptomology, if we haven't been shown, right, and this is something that I always make sure that I'm working with, with my clients. And this is why I really, you know, encourage somebody to at least stay right there with me. And we, we, we keep support for at least 90 days to post session. So why I always do recordings, um, after we've done the deep emotional healing pieces, that um, they have recordings to start reinforcing those good, healthy pieces, the, the, the lessons and the learnings that we discovered throughout their, um, throughout their healing sessions. So, excuse me just a moment. So with that being said, you know, we have to be able to get our nervous system back in check. And, you know, that takes time. It takes understanding. It takes looking at what's going on with our bodies looking at, you know, what symptoms may pop up. Um, if we are in these deep states of this fight flight, and then all of a sudden we start to calm, or maybe we're feeling a calm because we're really in a freeze state where we're just kind of numbed out. Then when we start to heal and we start to let go and our body starts to no longer have all of these deep emotions, you know, running through it and we're stuck in certain spots where we may be experiencing lots of pain um, in joints or in certain areas. We may be experiencing lots of headaches. We may be having um, different uh, autoimmune or inflammatory issues presenting. Then, you know, we can actually accelerate back into like a panic attack or something. So, you know, and again, we're, we're free and clear, free and clear of these things, but I always make sure that we are aware and that we're looking at these pieces because it is part of the healing process. It's part of getting, you know, your body back into alignment. It's part of getting your nervous system back into alignment of where it needs to be. And, you know, I think far too often, we push and we preach these things for mental health, you know, just doing affirmations or just sitting doing meditation. You know, I shared on my podcast yesterday um, that, you know, for me, meditation is like the punished little girl needing to go sit in the corner because she's in trouble and didn't do something right. And, you know, that that is my resonance. Yes, now I, I do better with meditation. I do have moments where... Um, I go and I have some stillness and I'm quiet, but in the same token, that doesn't necessarily look like the whole, mm, you know, sitting with my eyes closed and my legs crossed or those kinds of things. Meditation can be found anywhere. You know, we can learn to meditate in whatever that state or that capacity is for us. And I think that's something that, you know, far too often with anything mental health wise or any type of healing journey or trauma, um, or even if, if your body, you know, you're, you're struggling with weight release, 
then you know, it's not really looked at. There's so much one size fits all. And if the one size fits all, you know, that print this out and do this every day worked, we wouldn't have the issues that we have going on today. So I really firmly believe in an individualized approach, really being able to tailor um, things to that person. And you know, even in my group programs, there's a lot of tailoring that goes through in that, that, you know, I take time and I keep my, my group program small in order to make sure that each individual is getting their needs, um, addressed that we're really looking at the whole body, that we're looking at the soul, we're looking at, you know, the spirit and everything that's coming through in order for them to have the biggest, you know, shift in what it is that they're desiring to shift at that time. But, you know, truly again, I just want you to take a moment and I want you to think back, you know, in time, is there anybody in your family history that has dealt with mental quote illness or some type of mental illness type of symptom? And maybe they weren't diagnosed. I think you're going to find that a lot of people, even in, in the past, never really spoke about it. But when you think about it, you know, right, you know that they were going through some dark and some deep deep expressions or deep, you know, anxious moments. Like you can look back and start seeing the symptomology that is there. And again, I just want you to know that there's no shame in that, um, that there is hope that, you know, there's so much more, you know, I think far too often we see these hopeful things, right. That people post all over on social media, their magical juice or their magical drink or their magical collagen or their magical, whatever. Oh, this is going to help with your mental and your emotional balance. And, you know, I've shared this multiple, multiple times that, you know, collagen really, honestly, if you deal with any type of pain or autoimmune, if you deal with any type of sleep or insomnia issues, if you deal with any type of anxiety or depression, you really shouldn't take collagen. Um, and, and there's lots of research. There's lots of science on that. I want you to know and remember that collagen is actually used to decrease the tryptophan levels. It's actually, it's actually utilized to induce arthritic type of symptoms whenever they're testing mice and things. Um, you know, I want you to know that it is also, you know, used to put, you know, mice and different things in, in testing into a depressed state. So, you know, we, it does the same things. And this is starting to be seen more and more in um, psychology, in the mental health space, or individuals who are looking for a more holistic mental health um mental health healing. Um, so this is something that's really been talked on, on a lot of my continuing ed, um, programs and in by different doctors and different providers like myself in order to you know make sure that this awareness is brought out are there some benefits to collagen yes but again I think we need to really be looking at you know the side effects of it another big trendy thing that is out there with mental health and a lot of you know unwarranted claims are the use of probiotics and yes does the gut and the brain and the mental aspects you know how your serotonin or dopamine you know levels are being um, regulated throughout your gut are those things all important and in in sync yes but probiotics are also um, first they can be toxic to the system second they can cause a major disbalance called is called SIBO um, where you can actually have way too many of the good bacteria and not enough of you know kind of some of the bad bug bacteria and things you can also have some major negative effects I think far too often leaky gut isn't really looked at I mean really do you need to take 
probiotics long-term. I personally don't believe that you need to take those things long-term. You know, we have a lot of food sensitivities that individuals are looking at and how, oh, that could, you know, stimulate mental illness. Well, how about we get to the real root of the issue of why you've got the leaky gut? issue to begin with, actually heal the leaky gut. And I'm going to tell you a probiotics, just not going to do it. Drinking kombucha is not going to do it. You know, you have to actually get to the root of what's going on with that. The other aspect is, is all of the toxicity loads that we have in our systems. I talked on this also on one of my other podcast that we'll be launching soon um, on the correlation of parasites. You know, parasites are directly related and directly linked to mental symptomologies and mental illness as well. This has been known. This isn't something new. It's just something that's been, you know, shoved down under the wayside. So, you know, a parasite cleanse, you'll see these oftentimes somebody's going to say, Oh, you'll just do this like once a year or twice a year. I'm going to tell you if you are struggling mentally, emotionally with your, you know, fatigue, if you're struggling with being able to concentrate or to think or bloating or any of those things, you really need to do a full parasite program, you know, that expands at least a year in order to really combat and in order to really get rid of those on top of the plaques that also store all of these toxins that also store a lot of these different viruses, a lot of these different bacteria, a lot of these different heavy metals that also will attribute to the unhealthy gut that will also attribute to the different mental symptomologies that we are experiencing and the stress to our bodies and things. So again, this may be a lot of information, um, but it's something that I really want to start bringing to the forefront. I want you to know, and these are things that I work with, with clients day in and day out. These are things that I have, you know, had to learn, had to move through, have, you know, dove into, um, really understanding all of these pieces in order to really be able to help people. You know, I went from the aspects of having people, when I was in traditional healthcare, that would look at me and say, I just know that there's something else I could do. And I had my hands tied. And so this is where I made some major shifts on different routes that really do work because I, for one, have went through and experienced them firsthand and have been able to help others to experience these things themselves as well. So with that being said, if you are not following me on TikTok at Selena Traybuck, so that's S-A-L-E-N-A-T-R-A-B-U-C, please find me there. If you are not following me on Instagram at Selena Traybuck underscore Igniting Life, please follow me there as well. I do have a link tree there. So if you are saying to yourself, you know, I would like to dive into this a little bit deeper. I would like to, you know, work with you. These are all things that you know, I've been sitting here saying there has to be something else. I'm done trying the same things over and over again. Then please, 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 please um, look through that link tree. And, you know, if I've got a group program that's resonating there with you, if there is a um, maybe a, a self-paced program that is there for you, but if you would like to work one-on-one, that I would be absolutely honored to work with you in that regard as well. So you will find that um, scheduler there in my link tree. So, so much love, so much light to you. I would love, always love feedback. So always feel free to message me personally on any of those platforms. I am still using my Facebook um, under Selena Traybuck, but not using it quite as much. So with that being said, so much love, so much light to you. Happy healing and know that you are worthy. Know that you are loved. 
know that there is a better for you.